Introducing Huawei MateBook X Pro, winner of 27 global awards that now comes with Windows Hello. Unlock your Huawei MateBook X Pro with a touch of your fingerprint. Secure, fast, and no password to remember. For a limited time, get a free $300 gift card with purchase. Visit a Microsoft store near you today. We're slowly slugging our way to a big, big phone with a bigger battery than we might have expected just two years after the mess that was the Galaxy Note 7. Is Samsung prepared for a 4,000 milliamp hour pack in the Note 9? Well, we'll eventually find out. We'll discuss things first. But before that, why can't we have a dark theme on Android so easily? Is LG's cash splash on the G7 ThinQ working out well in the United States? And a big, big bigger phone could be on the horizon from overseas we're bringing on ryan down of uh, ryan dow of his fried face blog and uh, daniel cohen of gear diary this week on the pocket now weekly recorded 4 p.m eastern on june 15th this is the podcast that brings all things together from mobile tech smartphones uh, smartwatches tablets everything that you used to dream of when you were a kid my name's jules wong uh, news editor at Pocket Now. And uh, I guess we shall start things off with an introduction to Ryan Dow. Hello to you, sir. Hey, guys. It's uh, great to be back on Pocket Now Weekly. Uh, it's been a while, but um, yeah, great to be here. Lots of topics yeah. to go over today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. Uh, I wonder how things are going with uh, Fried Face. Uh, you've had a very busy year of evolving yourself there. Oh, yeah. Um, last time I was on Pocket Now Weekly, I was just starting off as an intern for content creators. And now I'm out, you know, even I'm still a student, but I still put out some content here and there. So if you guys are interested, I, um, you know, my content varies from food to tech, more of anything, you know, consumers like. Just feel free to check it out. You know, it's a, it's mainly a hobby, but if you guys enjoy it, feel free to follow get that promotion on baby all right let's uh, <laughs> go over to mr daniel cohen of uh, first time guest here first time representing gear diary hello to you sir hello there thrilled to be here and uh thanks for for having me on how are things today for you things are things are great site's great just having a super time with tons of news coming out and really uh, anxious to see the next iteration of all the devices that uh, that we've been talking about and we're going to keep talking about and especially thrilled to be here a long time reader of pocket now so oh, thanks for oh, having totally. me no, I mean, you guys cover have a greater coverage uh, area to talk about when it comes to like drones and docks and all of these sorts of things. So like definitely check them out if you want to get some accessories on, get get your whole tech life rounded out properly. The beauty uh, of gear is that <laughs> yeah. so many things apply to it. So whatever your gear is, that's what we like to cover. It's gear. They do it every day. I guess that's why it's a diary. Like you write it down and it's like, yay. And um uh, I don't, I'm not sure if people like actually write in like, dear diary, um, how do I get over my relationship with my Garmin? I don't know. Maybe that's um, something that that'll be know. interesting if it happens. Hasn't yet. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, just a quick note to our viewers and listeners. If you are reading in, if you're writing in, if you're doing things right now that are happen to be coinciding with this live broadcast that we're doing right now, uh, you can Put in your feedback with the hashtag PNWeekly on Twitter, and uh, I'll be able to track that down and uh, get your comments on the air. Maybe we'll start a new thread and see how things are are uh, going on uh, in the conversation. And uh, if you don't have to be here right now, well, of course, there's always the email alternative, and that is podcast at pocketnow.com for all your thoughts and questions and uh, whatnot. So... With the whole uh, schematics out of the way, let's try and see if we can talk about the news. We start off with uh, the Galaxy X. This, uh, well, we're calling it the Galaxy X. It's been a long time talking about foldable smartphones and Samsung. Uh, everyone's starting to get into things now. Xiaomi, Oppo, uh, Huawei are all trying to compete to be the first uh, one out there. And... Uh, for the longest time, it's been a rosy picture. It, sound, I mean, it sounded like a rosy picture from Samsung. They had all the patents out for this centipede uh, hinge that would fold this, this display. 
Um, and well, that, I mean, the folding apparatus is kind of not the problem here. It's more the question of how does how does a display handle that? How does an OLED flexible display keep able to, is how's that able to handle those redundancies of just going back and forth? Uh, so that has been the main question, and that has led to some doubts here. Uh, so from the Korea Times, we're talking about uh, a product launch maybe early next year, 2019, and uh, this would be a limited run. Samsung has been pretty clear in telegraphing the 2019 date, so I guess it's all up to uh, whether or not it will make its promise at this point. But uh, the price could be fitting of this limited edition or limited um, nature of things. Two million Korean won which translates out to about $1,900 at this point. Yeah, that uh, that's going to hurt. And that's unsubsidized. I'm not sure if people will have to, are able to like spread that out over like 30 months or something, but it's, it's going to be painful. So uh, I want to center this around the main question here. Is Foldable really going to get people back into the smartphone market again? Are they going to increase that upgrade rate? Because... We've been analysts have been talking about this as a kind of a stagnating market. I'm wondering what your take is, uh, and uh, either of you can start. Uh, I think Daniel has uh, something more to say. Well, I mean, my my question is is you know we've seen we've seen this before. We've seen uh, a lot of suggestions of this previously. The technology really wasn't there yet, but a lot of stuff that ended up turning out to be vaporware. Uh, and my biggest question is why, why. Um, do I really want something that is my phone and my tablet, especially now that we've got phablets, even though we're not using the term that much anymore, which really are able to actually hit that middle range? Um, why would I want it? Why would I want it? And why would I want it when, when the likelihood is that it's going to be um, not uncommon for some apps to work really well with it and other apps not to work well with it? Uh, I think uh, one, of the, one of the things you might be talking about here is the Axon M with that kind of dual display deal uh, from ZTE uh, back when it, like, it was just two rigid panels. I was there for the actual launch of things, and it looked promising. I mean, it had that kind of dual screen mode, but in the end, it's just two separate displays. And when you go back to like the Kyocera Echo, there's obviously that bezel that uh, goes across the middle of things. But there's also just the fact that it seems like an incongruous uh, kind of deal in terms of the user experience, in terms of having to carry the phone in kind of its out, you know, eagle spread um, kind of form. So, I mean, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, where does foldable go on from here? Okay, I'll say this. This device, you know, like people have been referring to it as the Galaxy S, um, Galaxy X. Yes. It's been rumored. It's been rumored for a while, and I know, I know, um, Samsung uh, behind closed doors have been showing off prototypes, you know, at trade shows like CES for the past couple of years. I actually think a few years ago, at one of these trade shows, they actually came, um, they they were on stage presenting these flexible displays. I think at the time they were calling them the the Yom the Yom displays, right? Yeah. But, this point, you know, I think any interest in the phone, like any real interest in the phones come from, you know, hardware, like smartphone enthusiasts like ourselves, because the only reason why I, I can see uh, people purchasing this device is if, you know, like it's, it's listen, if they're able to come, if they execute this flawlessly, I, I think people would be buying this just for the engineering like prowess for itself. But, you know, that, that rumored price tag when you, when you have like, devices such as the hydrogen, what Red is doing with the hydrogen phone, you know, it, it really comes down to how Samsung, uh, Samsung, because aside from Apple, I think Samsung has done a great job of marketing in the US. You know, you see companies like HTC not really being able to make a dent with consumers in the US. But I really think what Dan says, like, why, why do I want it? I think uh, what I always say is you don't know you want it until the marketing team tells you why you want it. <laughs> Okay. Right. So I, I can, though I can see not, not everyone, you know, who's follows, you know, pocket now readers wouldn't be a hundred percent excited giving Samsung's track record of software updates. So like I said, it really comes down to how they approach this phone when it launches with the marketing. And, you know, also what really concerns me, even with a flexible, cause I believe this is also an OLED panel, right? Yeah. yeah. What OLED. concerns me is 
what, you know, what materials are they going to use? Are they going to go back to like plastic? Cause I don't think like the aluminum that they use now, it's really like flexible or even like plausible to use in a yeah. foldable device. Right. So are they going to do what Microsoft does with the surface book, you know, like a magnesium hinge. So there's a lot of questions to be, um, you know, answered and you know what they're doing with the S9 too. It's a, it's a, it, it's an iteration year where they're, they're playing catch up. So they've, they've added stereo speakers, right? So are they going to bring, you know, some of those features to the device too? And you have questions like, is there going to be a notch? Where's the, where the front facing camera is going to be put? So it's a lot of um, question marks. So I, I think the best thing to do is just wait and see and just let the market decide. I sorry, think, here's, here's, go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I was about to say that sounds like a stone soup of unappealing messiness <laughs> going on there. Uh, uh, go ahead, continue on, Dan. So, so here's my question. So what they're talking about, at least at this point, I think, is is a device that's a little over seven inches open and four yeah. and a half inches when folded down. So so great. So you get the advantage of having something that's more pocketable, that's smaller when it's closed. And you get the advantage of something which which it has a lot of, of screen real estate, screen estate when it's open. Um, a couple of years ago, I might have actually been much more enthusiastic about this before we started watching phones get larger and larger and larger. But but most of us are now carrying phones which are a lot larger than we were just three, four years ago. And we don't have a problem with it. So I'd be happy, I'd be fine carrying something even a little bit bigger than the iPhone X, um, which actually gives me probably most of the size of what we're talking about here without the additional expense, um, concerns about the hinge, concerns about the apps. So again, I go back to other than the fact that, okay, great, I can pocket something that's only four and a half inches large, small when it's closed. Why? I'm really regretting how I stacked this show now. I really wanted to like tail on to that um, seven inch topic, but we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. I know, I know, no, it's like totally. It's just, you know, all this goes, you know, hand in hand with each other. I feel like we still haven't resolved the question of that, you know, redundancy, that fatigue that happens, especially if, um, the design allows for some tolerances in terms of just being able to store it. And then it kind of flexes a little bit while it's in your pocket. Like, is that going to survive? I don't know, at least a year, like two years. What's the story on that? And um, for two grand, it better, it better. It better. Exactly. I'm actually going to go back to my previous point. I was thinking about this. So aside from, you know, smartphone enthusiasts, like the main, I think the mainstream consumer that will actually purchase this is, this device are people that are already that already own Samsung devices, like the people that like how they produce their OLED panels, and also people that the the, the rare the rare the rare hundred people in each state that have a Gear S3 smartwatch. I don't I don't I don't think unless they do something special with you know their cameras. Like I don't think a foldable display is really going to win any mainstream consumer over. It's it's just cool that- though. Yeah, no, totally. It's just that initial wow factor, and the rest of it's going to be the marketing machine. A lot of it's going to be software because, uh, again, we've seen how this has played out before with like the separate apps or even just Android's native um, split screen kind of thing going on. They're probably going to maybe amp that point up just a little bit more than they usually would. Um, but otherwise, um, this is going to be a tough one. And I mean, if, if, if the folding mechanism is as rumored, you know, like folding it in half in order to expand to a larger screen, I don't really think consumers want that. The only, the only thing I can see where it's really taking off, you know, with consumers is if you can somehow wrap it around your risk. I think like that's a huge draw, but to just expand, like, like Dan said, we're already having the norm now for screen sizes is around like average like 5.2 inches to six inches these yeah. days so i don't i don't see why there's a need this is all the stuff of trade shows from like 2010 onwards like you just go every single year they have the demo table that has the freaking foldable phones they fold it around the wrist and then that's it that's uh, las vegas for another year so i mean yeah well i think it's yeah. i also think it's def a doa def on arrival if they just slap on you know basic android with touch was if they don't overhaul the ui for this device you know yeah um staying on this topic around abouts um but something a little bit more closer to at least our current moment we have uh rumors lots of rumors talking about the galaxy note 9 
um, talking about its camera and how the battery, its large, extremely large battery that's not bloated at all by any stress uh, from the design of the engineering inside. No, not what happened to the Note 7 at all. Um, talking about that going on, um, there's a possibility that we might see uh, roughly around the 4,000 milliamp hour mark, as I just said, and uh, all this launching perhaps on August 9th. Um, we also talked about it just a couple of weeks ago about how uh, executive uh, there was an executive decision that delayed the thing by a couple of weeks because apparently they um, I think it was the vice president of the group wanted a thinner phone after seeing some Chinese phones that were like all crazy. So yeah, we have uh, yeah. I also heard it was also like rumored to also not only the thinness, but actually I, I heard it was, they wanted to make it a little thicker. So it feels better in hand. That's what I read. So thicker. Okay. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. I think, yeah, they, they, yeah, I think they, they wanted to, sh I think you're right. They wanted to shave off a few millimeters. So the in hand feel is better compared to competing. The Chinese number budget. I remember was half a millimeter, which I mean, we're talking about a smartphone. We're talking about things that like, like, even though it's, you know, huge in the hand, it's still very small space when you have so many components stuffed in there and you're fighting for every single cubic um, micron that goes into it. So 4,000 millimeter, uh, 4,000, 4,000 millimeters, 4,000 milliamp hours uh, into that space, which is said to be huge. Um, anyone have any doubts? Anyone have any uh, lingering feelings right now? Well, I think one of the shortcomings of the Note 8 last year was that, it, um, to my recollection, it had a smaller battery capacity in comparison to the S8 Plus. But uh, aside from that, you know, like, I didn't really have that much gripes, you know, after coming off of the Note 7. The display was solid. I always like how Samsung displays look. Um, the camera was solid. I think my, my biggest gripe with the Note 8, like I said, was battery and also um, the speakers. I think they were bottom-firing speakers. They were a little tinny. But given what they've done with the S9 and S9 Plus, if they can just refine the Note 8, I think, you know, um, they might have a winner in hand. But, you know, flagships Maybe. of 2018 have kind of been stagnant. So I don't think consumers are going to, you know, since it looks the same, I don't think they're going to be rushing out for the Note 9. But I think it's a it's a solid choice. Maybe, hopefully. I mean, well, Andrew Wallace says on Twitter, hashtag PN Weekly. I don't know about you guys, but a bigger screen is pretty good to me as long as i get to keep using my pop socket lols um daniel do you have anything to follow on in terms of this I, look i think any time that we can actually see a, a bigger battery since since battery technology has not kept up with with any of the rest of the of the technology that we've been seeing i think anytime you can get a bigger battery it's it's a good thing um and and if you're talking if you're talking 0.4 millimeters you said most of us would end up putting it in a case anyway. So slightly thicker phone, slightly thinner case, all good. I mean, totally. That's totally fine. It's just the fact that, again, I bring up the Note 7, not to be blithe, but to be, okay, so they, they were working with this amount of thickness and this amount of space in the phone for the battery to fit in. They put in a 35 mil, a 35. 3.5 amp hour unit. I'm just going to say that. And, um, and uh, problems were caused to say the least and design engineering. Just a little, were just a little, a little problem, you know, didn't no, no, no smoke or anything. Um, but like design engineering firms were kind of worried about this being, okay, this is kind of crazy. Uh, you didn't put enough room. There were no tolerances in that space for the battery to swell and contract. So, um, now we're going up to another level of um, power here, 4,000 milliamp hours, and there's going to be a slightly larger space. Apparently that's why the camera module is being rumored to like go horizontal because that, that it's taking that much up, that, excuse me, that much space up to be able to like, you know, fit everything in. So, and... The worry is that if they, you know, cut it any thinner than it is right now, maybe it's going to be um, all that, all, like that 0.5 millimeter is going to be all glass and the glass will just be thinner and the insides will stay the same. But I don't know at this point. I'm still kind of wearily 
watching here. And look, and look, they 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 were able to overcome that debacle. Debacle. Um, they need to get this right if they're going to do it. They they really can't afford to actually have another issue with batteries. Um, so I'm curious to see what they come up with. I think right, it also right. really it really depends on how they optimize the software too. I think this is the first year where the models with the Qualcomm chipset have been reported to get better the better like stamina in comparison to the Exynos mm-hmm. equipped handsets. So you know I. Well, what was the capacity on the Note 8 last year? I think around 3,500? The, the Note 8 was around 30. It, it stayed the same, I think, yeah. 3,500. And, you know, it was. I think it was average. You know, it definitely not meant for power users. So it remains to be seen if a 500 milliamp hour, you know, difference, you know, if it makes a huge difference. But at the end of the day, I really think it depends on if Samsung has really refined touch was to be less bloated and less, you know, consume less power. Mm-hmm. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I think... I think, you know, in real world usage, I think it'll probably get like an hour and a half. I'm just assuming oh, like an hour and a half on. to an hour more than Note 8. Correction, 3,300 milliamp hours for the Note 8. They oh. were really being conservative right there. Especially wow. after that. Yeah, no, seriously. Okay. And that was that Note 5, I think, was around 3,000 something. 3,000, the lower end there. If that's the case, then I'm going to update my prediction and say it'll probably last. The stamina is probably going to be maybe as long as my Pixel 2 XL. But mm-hmm. I guess it's, uh, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. The game for uh, a lot of the news that we do here. But hey, just a matter of fact, the future is coming. Don't be concerned. It's going to be here. Um, let's talk about, uh, well... I guess it's the elephant in the room just because it's just so huge and uh, it's so big. I mean, frankly speaking, we're in the age of the extra tall two by one or whatever ratio you want to put on it. 19.5 by nine. Um, they're, they're doing crazy math on these things, but apparently uh, the sequel to uh, last year's mate 10 could be pretty darn big. So, if we're talking about two by one display, we're talking about a seven inch display, a 6.9 inch display. I should be um, more exact at that on the Mate 20. It sounds like on the Mate 20 Pro, maybe both. It could be Mate 20, it could be Mate 20 Pro. We're not sure as of yet. People have been kind of uh, SEO uh, exploiting the thing by just uh, putting in Mate, tw- uh, Mate 20 Pro, anyways. But who knows? So um, two by one flat. Um, Flablets, because they're flabby. I don't know. Two by one phablets. What do you all think? Is it time to bring back the phablet, or do you think that in our current age everything's just a phablet? Bring it on. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> like, you know, even though we've been going up in screen size, I think like I don't. What's that? Ask that one weird aspect ratio that every manufacturer's been adopting. The really Thin and narrow one. I think it's like eighteen by nine. The the note the note eight is eighteen by nine. Eighteen and a half eighteen and a half by nine. Right. I liked it better. I liked it better when when these phablets were a little wider. Because I understand they made it, you know, taller so it's easier to hold in the hand. But you remember like the HTC Evo days from Sprint with the kickstand? I I liked it yeah, I liked it when phones were wider because it seems much more of a cinematic experience and I find it much more easier to type in portrait mode when the phone is wider. So totally, it's it's a sturdier build. It's it doesn't have black. It doesn't have like the litter boxing that happens because, as a matter of fact, if you if you really wanted to be all cinematic about it, then you'd have to go all the way up to two point three five to one. And by then, I'm not sure if anyone would even go would even dare venture that far. Um, near seven inches, I would say. If we were to like, if that's two by one, and we were con- to convert that into like a something that has a sixteen by nine traditional, traditional, uh, it feels so weird saying that it's we've been growing up too much in the sixteen by nine age. But in any case, that that sounds like maybe six point three inches. Um, I guess maybe it sounds like six point three inches in a sixteen by nine thing. I've never been a fan. Yeah, go ahead. I, I work with a lot of content creators, aside from, you know, what I do. Like, I used to work with a lot of 
YouTubers as well. And I don't think anyone out there, you know, is on the top of their head, you know, thinking I'm going to film my, you know, videos in the 18 by 9 aspect ratio. It's always been 16 by 9. I think the 18 by 9 aspect ratio is just an attempt by smartphone manufacturers to just keep their devices tall and thin. I don't really think people are making a conscious effort to really go adopt that aspect ratio. I think a lot of it has to do with how you use your device. Is your device primarily for consumption? And if it is for video, then then wider can be really welcome. You know, for me, my device is probably more on the communication side of things. And I do find it much more comfortable to use something that's a little bit thinner and a little bit taller than something that's wider. So I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how do you how do you use your device? What's your main purpose for it? Are you looking for a something that's primarily a phone and a communication device and you use a, some sort of a tablet for most of your for more of your consumption than not? Or are you using your do you want to use your phone for everything and just not have a tablet at all? Right. That's that's a great point, because like that's let's say, for example, with Samsung, what they do with their S line and their note series, the let's say the S9 is their flagship device, right? Most people are going to use it as a communication device. So obviously, I, I think it should be tall and thin. But when we're talking about phablets, I think more people are buying phablets as more of a consumption device, maybe because it's easier to type on, but also I think because they want to watch videos. I think those devices, in order to differentiate not from the flagship devices, should be wider because if it's just you know tall and thin, then it's just like an XL size of the existing flagship. You know, I think phablets have really, aside from having a stylus, have in the recent years just having a difficult time differentiating themselves. And they, they've really just become the XL versions of existing flagships. I think everyone has the right form factor for them and uh, they'll know it. They'll seek it out for themselves. And again, it's even though as much as we talk about hardware here, it's all about the software to tailor that experience down and make it more optimal for whatever it is out there. A um, couple things from hashtag PN Weekly on uh, the Twitters. Goran Petrovic uh, says that I don't think Samsung can keep the Note line successful for too long. There's less and less differentiation between the Galaxy S and the Note line. They're too similar. It's just that S Pen. I mean, well, how much of a difference does that S Pen really make? Yeah, I don't think it makes a world of difference anymore. I know uh, before when there was more than one chipset manufacturer, because when we when we had Texas Instrument and I forgot who else, like NVIDIA making chips, like <laughs> Qualcomm was forced to re- um, release two to two flagship processors. I mean, two top of the line processors per year. Now it's just streamlined to one single processor. So I think, yeah, I think if Samsung had options, more options from Qualcomm, I think they would have included. To the, to their fairness, I mean, the, the Qualcomm's strategy here is kind of more widespread. Uh, they got Windows to, uh, on ARM to consider as well as all their mid-range. It's like, well, not even mid-range, it's like premium B and as opposed to like the premium a like the 845 they have like maybe the 710 or something like that so they're really trying to adapt to things uh, I, I just remembered when the note you know was was known to be the power user's phone and i think that yeah. you know, the comment we had from twitter you know it's it's really samsung foregoing the note line and a lot of it has to do with the battery i mean daniel what do you think is the what was the genesis qual for you about the note line I mean, look, I I haven't used the, the Note Eight when I when I used the Note. I, I loved I love the S Pen. I love being able to take notes. I just I work differently now, so I don't need it. I don't miss it. And going back to the to, to the previous conversation, um, if you're worried about battery life, if you're worried about every single micron of space that you have available, having the S Pen built into something really does. Um, you have to make other choices. So I think it depends on how you use it. We've got uh, Mike Anderson, one of one of our our editors on Gear Diary, uses the Note 8, loves it, swears by the S Pen. I mean, it's how he works. So a lot of this has to do with, you know, what are you using your phone, your phablet, whatever you want to call it? What is your purpose in having it? What are you using it for? Mm. And and I think that kind of drives a lot of a lot of the choices people make when when purchasing something. And I think the more options that are out there, the better. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, they can just alternatively they can just make the Note a bigger phone. I was I was playing with the S8 Plus and the Note 8, and they just felt really similar in size, aside from the fact that the S8 had rounded corners and 
the Note 8 had more of a boxy feels like they can I think they can you know make the screen a little bit bigger to accommodate a bigger battery and a yeah totally especially with the like the two by one aspect ratio we're dealing with nowadays like it really takes that much more of a increase in the diagonal of the screen in order to generate a, a larger increase in width of the phone so well, and, i mean and when the note first came out if i'm remembering correctly it was it was significantly larger than any of samsung's other offerings if i remember correctly so that was like a differentiator 5.3 inches <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god it's huge you know i mean I, I remember like the first time i picked up something that large i was like oh my why would i ever want to use this and now i pick up you know the phones i used to use i'm like this is too small but but i do think that if they went up in size as 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 you're saying um, I, I think that it, that would actually reinforce the, the differentiation of, of the lines. Yeah, that, that was I, the point. I, yeah. No, yeah, that was the point I was trying to make, um, the differentiation between flagships and phablets. You know, you don't have to go wider, but you can go bigger, you know. Like, you don't necessarily have to make it the XL version, but yeah. Totally, totally. Um, I got a few more topics to uh, go through. Not much time to do so. So uh, I think we can just go with... a. Uh, uh, one answer from each of y'all on the next ones. Uh, start off with dark theme. Uh, Android will apparently actually adopt a manual toggle. Uh, so far on the Pixel 2, it's just been an adaptive feature. So whenever you put on uh, dark wallpaper, then the notification shade and other parts of uh, the UI would turn into black. And this is something that been people have been asking for for years since android m since even before then um and google has kind of waffled on this so um finally great this is this is awesome and uh why or i guess even a better question is uh where do you most appreciate your dark theme your dark mode i think the google of past would have no-brainer included a dark theme I just feel like Google as of lately has been omitting a lot of new features. I remember using the Razer phone last year and I think there was a manual toggle to enable dark mode on your device because it seems like the Razer phone was, you know, meant for power users and gamers. But it seems like Google as of late has been trying to target more of the mainstream consumer. And I don't think off the top of people's head they would want a dark mode. So I think, you know, um, there's definitely been a shift of focus and I don't, I, I, it also goes back to this theory I have, you know, Google has been really disconnected with the user base that really, you know, put them to where they are today, you know, with the original Nexus devices and the Pixel devices. Uh, it, it just seems like they, they aren't really listening to what their user base wants. Mm, do you agree, Dan? I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, I use dark mode on my computer sometimes just because it is easier on my eyes. Um, but I I think, you know, Apple, if Apple comes out with it's a big deal with, you know, dark mode and all. Um, I think in a, the year is so iterative that that I think a lot of companies are talking about these things and trying to make a big, bigger deal out of what I don't think is as big a deal as it as it ought to be. Um, as far as a manual toggle, um, for me personally, I, I wouldn't need it. It's one more thing to fail. It's one more thing to actually have to deal with. Um, primarily, if I'm going to go in dark mode, I'm probably going to want to use it across the board for a period of time on my device. Um, so I have no problem actually just going into to hitting, going digging down into a menu a little bit and, and going for it. Um, don't see it as a huge, huge deal, personally. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, well, I was just about to head on over, but uh, the one thing I just wanted to say is that a lot of apps in lieu of uh, system-wide changes have been uh, doing dark mode on themselves. Uh, Twitter, for example, both on iOS and Android, they've been right. uh, doing their thing. So they've been taking on some of the um, slack that uh, a lot of uh, these uh, OS developers just, for one reason or another, just don't see is important to them or is not really practical uh gotta go over to uh, the lg g7 thank you yes we're still talking about that yes thank you very much as well um so what's it gonna take what's it gonna take for all of you to switch over to an lg phone how about an ad from uh the team over there the creative uh, team but it features freaking aubrey plaza like yeah of course you want to have a celebrity to deal with that but I think 
as opposed to like other campaigns that they've done. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of uh, any of their campaigns, but uh, for the G5, they had Jason Statham basically interact with clones of himself and go around town. I remember that. And crazy just like doing things. And then, oh, here's the LG G5. Like, there you go. So I'm like, have they not learned from some celebrity endorsed launches? I feel well. It, that, it, that, like it's they, they, that it's irrelevant. That it's irrelevant. The black, the BlackBerry 10 launch with what's her name, Halle Berry, and then when Windows Phone was still a thing, they had Jessica Alba. I don't. I. It's like they never learned. Well, yeah, One Plus Five T had Jessica or just like Rice. I can't pronounce her name, but she's a great model, great actress, whatever. Um, but I feel but, like and apparently it's a, and apparently a smartphone expert. Apparently. Too. Yes, exactly. But I feel, should feel have, they should, yeah, they should have used the money to to book all these, you know, like celebrities, and you know, I I would have used that and portion it for a side to give away phones for more reviewers to review, or just as a giveaway. I think that would have been a better marketing tactic rather than getting you know like a celebrity and telling you how, why you should get this phone. Well, I think if you're trying to play to the market, if you're trying to go on TV, then you're going to have to play the game. You're going to have to get a celebrity because that's part that's part of the ball field that you're on. But I feel like they've actually taken some advice from people that have their heads straight and have actually wrapped these things, these little commercials, on features. Like the Hey Google, take a selfie. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing in that they can show off. I'm not sure if it... You know, in the age of privacy hawkishness and uh, Google being this evil data overlord that has um, become this way because they've uh, all of a sudden removed "Don't be evil" from their mission statement. Like, but I thought that was scary. Facebook. Oh well, that, that well, Facebook and Google oh, because Google. Like there's a problem. <laughs> Sorry, <my> Google. <laughs> <laughs> there's there yeah thank you google home mini um but um yeah that's uh totally i feel like you know they have a boombox speaker a, a little ad et of sorts uh talking about that and they also have a couple things with ai cam as well like they are centering centering these ads around single features and i feel like that's something that has been sorely lacking over the past several years and I think it's and I think it's key in a year when we haven't seen much that's made us go much that's new, much that made, that's made us go wow to really focus on okay, these are some of the ways that this particular device is going to be more usable for you than what you're currently using. This is why you're going to want this phone. Um, I, I love Statham movies. Okay, that's not getting me to buy a phone. <laughs> it's not. Uh, but I mean, at least they have another kind of, they also took a little dig at Apple, uh, I guess, because they were talking about, oh, your phone is so slow. Why don't you just switch it out already? So, I mean, they're kind of being opportune. I think that they're doing a good thing. It's a good step at least. Um, and finally for, uh, the news, do you want an iPhone 3GS in 2018? Um, quick answer. Yes or no. Ryan. No. And Dan? No more than I want a manual typewriter. Okay, sure. I mean, so the story behind this is that um, there's a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of happenstance going on uh, in South Korea where uh, SK's uh, MVNO 7 Mobile, I think is the name of it, is uh, apparently just unearthed a whole crate of iPhone 3GS. Uh, they did their due diligence on checking to see if everything's all right and uh they decided hey why not just sell them for like 40 bucks a piece and um if anything they'll make interesting paperweights i mean i'm not sure how the software situation would be on this because they started out on ios 3 the most they got was ios or the latest they got was ios 6 but i'm not sure if the servers are still kind of they're, they're not sending out any of those updates anymore so i don't know i mean what do you think um nostalgia gone wrong yeah actually the only reason why i would get a 3gs is to appreciate the schematic design language of ios of the past i i personally i still haven't really you know come to gripes with 
Man, those pre those pre iOS seven days were were amazing, right? They were great. Yeah, I know. I know people are getting tired of it, but looking back, I much more prefer because every it, it's it, iOS now just feels a little bit too simplistic. It, it's it's definitely it's definitely changed in ways that aren't that aren't always to the positive, um, for sure. I, a friend of mine actually just recently upgraded his iPhone four S, I think. Um, and so he gave me his, yeah, so he gave me his wow. 4S, um, and I I cleared it, I loaded my stuff on it, and I put it back in the drawer because it's unusable. Great. I, I, have so, you actually, have you seen the App Store now in comparison to the App Store back then? The App Store now, in my opinion, on iOS is horrific. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, it's horrific. It's unusable. You have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You got to really, if you're not trained in SEO, again, like this is um, something that you might want to avoid. But again, somehow Apple has captured all these people into using iPhones and iPads and somehow they are getting by. So, and then there's all the developers themselves. They're kind of complaining about how much Apple's taking from them. So yeah, we can get into, uh, we can get into a drainage pipe uh, on that topic for like hours on end, but I really want to apologize first of all to donovan turney on twitter uh hashtag pn weekly my google home just asked which device to use for a selfie thanks also you're welcome so <laughs> let's all let's all make let's all make a pact and revive WebOS. i think that'll that'll do everyone oh, a huge oh favor <laughs> i mean tcl has the palm license they say they're going to do something this year hopefully maybe um, I'm, ex- I'm excited i'm excited of the of the prospect of a Palm Pre form factor with Android. I know. I know BlackBerry attempted to do it with the Priv. It was, yeah, it was yeah. a decent attempt, but I'm I'm excited because I I know the key, the key one has been receiving phenomenal reviews. Dan, quick word on uh, any Palm hopes before we take a break. No, no. sorry, no. <laughs> you just, you just... I'm I'm good with the way things have been evolving. I mean, I I actually like the consolidation that we've seen because I think it actually gives developers. Gives the companies, but also gives the developers the chance to really refine what they're doing rather than having, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was thinking about this. There was so much more fragmentation even with so many more OSs that have now gone into the into the graveyard that it really made it, I think, that much more difficult to get the apps that you needed working on the devices that you were using and working well. So I'd, I'd rather, I'm, I'm really at a point where I, I'm happy to have a diversity within the range of, of Android and iOS, but I really like having stuff that really just works and works well and works quickly. Onward and upward, as we say, right? Sorry, I hate to be boring, but <laughs> I, mean, I like my stuff bad. working. I like my stuff working. You know, the days the days of things crashing constantly, I'm really happy that, that they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the part that people block out with their kind of uh, rose-colored glasses, but hey, I mean... I'm not one to uh, prevent that from happening. Uh, They have the liberty to do that. Uh, We'll take a quick break before we get into our next segment and uh, talk to you on the other side. Introducing Huawei MateBook X Pro, winner of 27 awards at Mobile World Congress, including Best of Show Laptop, Best Innovation, Best Design, Editor's Choice, and Reader's Choice. With Windows Hello, you can unlock your Huawei MateBook X Pro with a touch of your fingerprint. Secure, fast, and no password to remember. Huawei MateBook X Pro, now available at Microsoft Stores, Amazon, and Newegg.com. For a limited time, get a free $300 gift card with purchase. Visit a Microsoft store near you today. And we are back with our next segment, and uh, this one I'm going to call The Good and the Gripes. I've been recruiting uh, both of you guys, uh, Ryan and Dan, hello to you again, uh, talking about uh, just like one topic from each of you that has really gone at you, you know, in a positive way, in a negative way, whatever way uh, that uh, it has hit you. And uh, I want to start off with you, uh, Ryan, because... You seem to have a soft spot for a phone that is getting critically bashed and is, not, is like saying that people, it's not original. It's not good at all. What's your deal? Oh, wait, wait. Which phone are you referring to here? I'm talking about the HTC U12 Plus. Oh, okay. Right. People have been jamming on this thing, you know? 
Right. Okay. So I'll say this. I think, you know, 2018 has been such a stagnant year. Granted, the industry has been stagnated, stagnating. But I think the flagship launches of 2018 have been just so boring. I had the chance to go into a Best Buy the other day and go, you know, play with the G7 DinQ. I can't believe I just said the whole name. But um, it was my first impression, you know, playing the, with the device. It was just so aggressively average, you know, like, the, the colors on the LCD panel were just so washed out and the cameras were, you know, uh, they've, they've been doing wide angle, but just not impressive anymore. So just to see HTC go back to basics, because I mean, I did, I did go to the launch event, like the, for an LCD panel, because I think they're using SLCD6, like the colors pop, you know, it's on par with AMOLED. The, obviously the contrast is not there, but they, they seem to be going back to basics and refining, you know, what's worked and improving on it, it kind of goes back to Dan's point at first about things just working, but everyone's adopting the notch. I think, you know, the not the notch is horrific from the pixel three leaks, you know, looks like the XL variant is also getting a notch too. Um, I'm, I'm all for what Samsung and HTC is doing, which is making the bezels dinner because, um, you know, I, I, I have an iPhone 10 too, but, um, when you're watching videos and you're when and you're zooming in, you're not really making the most out of that screen uh, real estate. So I think the fact that HTC has gone back to basics is just, that actually differentiates them um, from the rest of what the industry is doing. Aside from Samsung, but Samsung, you know, it is their you know their their variant their iteratory year, you know, so. And it's also disappointing to hear that Essential is not coming out with a sequel for their phone because I was really excited for uh, the prospects of a Essential phone too. I'm, I'm maybe I'm just a nostalgic person. I'm, I'm, I'm more of you know bring back the Moto Maker days. You really want those glory days to come back, me? I really want Moto Maker too. Gosh. Yeah, that was such a. I mean, the yeah. Moto Motorola now. I don't. It's like they're different. Think about, think about what would happen if we could get some of the phones that we loved with the current tech built into them. That would be, that would oh, be great. Oh, yes. That would be awesome. Which, which I would want. HTC One M7, right, right over yes, here, man. Right, like, such a great phone. Awesome. I would, you know, I would actually go back. I would say I would want a Droid Incredible, a little, a little bit bigger today's tech wow. that phone was such a it was such a phone with a strong statement but um yeah maybe like a moto x peer edition or a nexus 6p you know with refined internals and slimmer bezels i i hate to say that this podcast is taking place in 2018 but yeah <laughs> this is where we are this is where we are man. look at what android p is shaping up to be you know it's i know it's inspired but you know it, it's it's incorporating gestures but you can't but you know, help but think like yeah, it's kind of inspired by what Apple has been doing with iOS. And it also goes back to that little um, back and forth we had about dark theme. You know, if you're coming off a device with ice cream sandwich or above and you go to a device with Oreo, you or if you're going from ice cream sandwich to the device with Oreo, you noticed that it went from the hollow blue theme kind of dark theme to more brighter theme, right? And I think, yeah. you know, mainstream consumers would appreciate the bright themes because very reminiscent of what Apple has been doing with iOS. But to I think power users who want options like that bright team, that bright theme with no default stock option to disable it, it's just too like it's too strenuous on the eyes. I mean, if you're like you're going to play in Google Sandbox, you're gonna you want to have the Google Apps, and if you don't conform to these sorts of design guidelines and whatnot, then well, you might not be able to take advantage of it. It's not fair that way, but it's it is what it is. It's Google's ecosystem. Think of it. It used to be. Let's let's say this. Did you say ecosystem or ego system? <laughs> Little both. I I, I kind of <laughs> see it this way. Google's you know approach to their products because I'm assuming once they launched the Pixel, I'm assuming they didn't keep a lot of the people who worked on previous Nexus devices to work on the Pixel devices. I don't know. It's just speculation, but it seems that since that you know, transition occurred. Google's world or approach when it comes to products, it I describe it as the world of Tron. And now it's like Google's, it's not even a world anymore. It's Google's playground. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. It's a little bit too yeah. much for 
toddlers, with the exception of, I think they did a great job with the pixel book, however. Hmm. I mean, well, totally. I mean, their hardware game has been stepping up. It definitely helps that HTC contributed half their team to it, but uh, half their engineering team to it. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. The two XL is a is a great device, but you know, um, I totally yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we kind of ended up on a a little bummer there, but uh, I. I don't know. Well, what do you say? What do you? I'm think? so sorry for being so pessimistic. Today. No, but I, I think know, it comes. It goes back, Ryan. I loved what you said before, which which is such a great term, and it really does capture it. Um, you were talking about phones being aggressively average, and and I think that's part of. I think that's part of what's kind of um, weaving its way through a, a lot of the the thoughts that a lot of us who love our tech and have have been doing this for a long time and really passionate about it. And I think that term really captures where a lot of us are at right now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I have to say, you know, the, that Huawei, of all the companies around, Huawei's been doing an amazing job. I mean, I'm, I am blown away by, by what they've been doing and the stuff that they're doing, even though they don't want it called Huawei Honor, they just want it to be Honor. Um, I, I reviewed one of the Honor phones. I mean, they're really amazing stuff, good style, good hardware. Um, really impressed with that this year. You see, like I, I totally forgot. I never put Huawei in the picture because I'm, I've, I've been on Verizon all my life, and they never really had a Verizon compatible phone. But I always, I, when I, when I saw like rave reviews for the P20 or any of their Mate devices, I always make an effort to overlook it because I know this is something that I can never have. Right, and I was, uh, you know, I was really excited, you know, because they were supposed. I know AT and T, AT and T and Verizon were supposed to, you know, carry, you know, their flagship. What was the Mate 10 and Mate 10 Pro? But you know, with politics. Right. No, yeah, totally. Yeah, all that. But yeah, like I, I, I mean, I, we're... I, 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 not not just Huawei. I make a conscious effort to overlook all the buzz about OnePlus and Huawei because those are phones that I can never use. Well, we're laugh. I mean, totally. But we're laughing because we're trying to start by stop ourselves from crying here. Yes, that's a matter of fact. But the OnePlus, I just read something before. The OnePlus in the first, I think it's been out six weeks, has they've sold a million devices, which is more than they've ever sold before. Yeah, Twenty-two so days. And, Twenty-two days. There you go. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's like three, three weeks, three weeks in one day. That's uh, pretty amazing. So, and that's the fastest they've done it. Yeah, they've come a long way, especially with their marketing. You remember the little marketing fiascos they've had, you know. Mm-hmm. During the yeah, inception, yeah. remember those like smashing your phone, smash the past, and uh, the the lady in the freaking forum vote, like that. That was yeah. They didn't have like this like sexist like marketing. I don't know, and yeah. then like that was a whole PR fiasco for them. But it's it's great yeah. to see them doing well now. Carl Pace seems like a like... really nice guy. <laughs> no, totally. No, he he's straight up. He's all intense uh, from all the counts I've heard, and he's just. You know, right at it. He just goes at. I feel like we're we're at a good place, but uh, this was far off the road that we were originally on. I like it. I like it, but you know, sorry. No, 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 totally, no. Please, I want you to actually take over the conversation for a few minutes and talk about what you have to talk about. Let's port this conversation over to your territory. All right, so here's my gripe. And we were touching on this before we actually started the podcast, so I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I, I was I was looking at, at the devices on my desk, and so I've got my Apple devices with Lightning, and I've got a couple of devices with USB-C, and then I've got a couple of current devices that actually are still using micro-USB. And I, I just want one connector for all my devices. I want I want some unifi- unification across the across the lines and that really would be USB-C and I really really don't understand why we're not seeing that move and and I read one article that said that Apple at some point in the next couple of years would be adopting USB-C and then other articles saying that's never going to happen I want one connector for all my mobile devices period I mean don't we all seriously especially as we start getting more and more uh you know devices into our lives with like health and fitness uh, kind of deals those trackers uh maybe we have a work phone these days that needs to be updated and whatnot i mean i totally get it and then there's also the fact that USB-C within itself within the same standard people uh, manufacturers are just kind of using it to their own ends i mean 
you have to, you do have the connector there that's reversible that's great but the pinouts are different because they want to be they wanted to be pr- proprietary for their headphones or whatnot so it's all still just a mess and even when we're trying to converge onto one it doesn't seem like people are kind of listening to hey we want one choice and one choice only because everyone seems to think that well we have our own application it will be better if we do it this way and um yeah you can go um you can go eat your ham sandwich if you want so i don't know uh what do you think uh, ryan what do you think about our sorry state of uh shapes and connectors well, I was I was I was talking to Dan at first too, and I totally agree. USB C is the way to go. But how likely is it, you know, that Apple will actually adopt USB C on their smartphones? I think, you know, it's you you think about it in retrospect. Will Apple really drop its arrogance? You know, like will they really forgo their proprietary? Like, are you expecting Apple to forgo their proprietary co- like connector to adopt? You know, a, a universally used. Ryan, Ryan, I have an answer for you. I have a big answer for you. And the answer is yes. They've killed off Firewire. Uh, any chance that, uh, you know, they, they co-developed Thunderbolt with Intel, but Intel has taken most of the lead from there. And it's all, you know, related to USB-C now. That's the connector shape that they're going with. So at least there's that. And Lightning's really the last holdout. They had that 30-pin connector and then it turned into Lightning. You know, great revolution it brought with the reversible nature of it but like at and there was also this one point um in the past few months that they had talked about this uh, ultra accessory connector which would be uh i don't remember what like what connector it was but it was for cameras like they would use a, a connector that was being used by uh, nikon and um, maybe canon cameras like it, it was it's accessible and it's available, but it they would screw up the pins so that it would be to their own advantage or own use. So we'd need yet another connector. I mean, it's like my wife and I are taking a vacation next month, and I, I realized that before when we're packing, I need to think about, okay, do I have cables for the phones and for the tablets and for the ebook readers and for headphones? And, like, enough already. Well, you I need mean, a bag just think, for the accessories for your devices. I think we're at a good place. You know what? I think we're at a good place because we could have been dealing with SLIs and all the things like like the old connectors for mouses and keyboards and whatnot. Like those things were just all proprietary, and we had large logic boards and motherboards just to support uh, plugging all the stuff into the back end of our computer. And nowadays, we only have to deal with three of those connectors like it's not it's not we've gone down and while of course you still want to go even further i mean fair three. enough lightning two of them are Great. reversible so give me so give me nothing so put wireless charging and everything for me that's what okay I mean. oh charging is going to take forever though oh my gosh i mean going going back to the likelihood of apple adopting USB-C, you know I think both Dan and I, you know, we want it a lot. I'm just, you know, we, we've seen Apple in the recent years. They've, they've come out with Apple Music on Android. So that was kind of a curveball. I'm just thinking, because like, does, doesn't the lightning ticker, the lightning connector, doesn't it take up less space than a than USB Type-C would? And, you know, my question is if they do oh, yeah, adopt... Totally, yes. Yeah, even if they do adopt USB Type-C, is it, is it going to be, you know, Thunderbolt enabled? You know, like... Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they could do that they might want to do, um, in terms of just being able to accessorize the darn thing. Um, I mean, ultimately they also have their made for iPhone made for uh, MFI licensees that they have to consider as well, even though they, you know, (laughs) Apple is at its own, uh, right and privilege to just, you know, throw off people at a moment's notice. Yeah, I'm. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for them to make FaceTime an open standard for video calling. So, <laughs> if only, man. If only. Uh, finally, today, um, I just want to take like maybe two minutes and um, talk to y'all about how much I am kind of enjoying the Nokia, the new Nokia six point one, uh, Nokia six twenty eighteen. I recently just got it as a personal kind of 
um, secondary phone, not really a burner. I intend on using this um, if I have any like downtime. I'm reviewing um, the Alcatel One um, 3V, I think, right now. Uh, and uh, let's just say that uh, the review is going as I had uh, expected it to. So we'll talk about that another time. Uh, but yeah, I'm amazed at what Nokia is doing. Uh, obviously, it's HMD Global, that's the smartphone brand licensee, and also Foxconn uh, that is making the phones and having their hand in design a little bit. But this is quality stuff. It feels substantial. Uh, they got the design down right, and you know the components are pretty decent. And what's this? Two hundred fifty bucks. Two sixty nine on Amazon. That's unbelievable. That's that's unbelievable. That's impressive. The screen is super bright. Uh, Speaker is kind of a you know it's a bottom firing thing, and it's kind of okay. But like this is and this is like and this is freaking. If there were a Nexus program right now this would be the phone that was that would be on it i feel like that's all i have to say i mean yeah it's simple as that it's I'm fast appreciating what speedy is. yeah snapdragon 630 few gigs of ram android one latest updates man what type of connector does it have for charging usb-c correct <laughs> correct are you trying to are you trying to quiz me on my own device man is it a is it a lcd panel it's an LCD panel, and it's, but the brightness is just insane. Like, I'm going to bed, and I have to, you know, I'm trying to read, and it's just like, wow, I'm going to blind my eyes if I don't turn it down. So, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm appreciating it. Um, and I guess uh, one last thing that I could ask you guys is, um, what phone or what gadget you might have in your life right now that you're appreciating for just what it is? Hmm. Everyone's getting on their thinking caps for a little bit. Like Dan I'm... says, everything has just been so aggressively average lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's your phrase, buddy. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I was, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say my Pixel Book because it's been such a delight to use. But um, since I did return it and repurchase another one, I don't think that's a fair thing. Um, I don't think I would ever be saying this, but um, I think either my AirPods or this battery case I got off of Amazon for my iPhone 10, you know, mm. the iPhone 10, cause I came from um, my last iPhone was a seven plus. Cause I always make an effort to have one Android phone and one iPhone. And uh, yeah, the battery on the iPhone has had on the iPhone 10, cause I'm usually out eight to 10 hours a day and it's been uh, rather disappointing coming from the seven plus, but uh, this battery case, 3,200 milliamp hours on Amazon. Uh, I think I- 30. And does it does it have a good profile? Is it like leather or like what color? Oh or, yeah, um, it's it's. I believe it's. It, it, well, I don't know if it's the same material, but it feels exactly the same of what of the material that they use in the official Apple silicone cases. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's not bulky. If I if I can go grab it real fast, if you guys want to see it. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, let, let's get to Dan's thing right there. So two things two things come up for me actually. Um, one one is this. This is um, because I do love on the iPhone 10. I, I love finally having wireless charging on my main work device, and this is the the My Charge unplugged 10K that I'm reviewing, and I love having a huge capacity battery that does wireless charging also. So which is great for throwing in my gear bag for traveling. So I love that. And the other thing that I'm really uh, enjoying, um, I, I'm reviewing the Jabra Elite 65T, um, true wireless headphones, and they're great. I mean, they're super comfortable. The the connection they maintain is fabulous, um, and the sound is awesome. And I think they get an hour more battery life than the AirPods, and they have a charging case as well. Uh, And they're a little cheaper than the AirPods, I think. So Jabra has really stepped up their game, even for like the 25E onwards. Like, that's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're really... um, and super comfortable. I mean, I, I reviewed the Jabra Elite Sport, and I like them a lot. Uh, the new ones are so much more comfortable mm-hmm. and just so much more secure. They're just, they're really, they're awesome. And the, the 65T is currently, I think it's 149. Um, Pretty darn reasonable. Um, 
Ryan, uh, I know I'm going to be doing a disservice to our listeners, but show us the case. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's, here's the case right here. It's um, VSNC. This is about how thick the iPhone 10 would be because this part fits comfortably like a glove. And the thickness, as you can see, it's not that big. Yeah. The thickness goes from like uh, a little before the camera bump to uh, the bottom of it. And man, that's a better profile than anything that the freaking smart battery, whatever the heck they're calling that thing is. Right. And it's comfortable. You know, it's a, you can, I hold it on with two fingers like this. So it's a perfect grip, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would say it's actually thinner than like some, some phones that came out, you know, in like 2011, 2012. So it's really not that bad. (laughs) I mean, if we're, if you're still comparing things to To 2011, 2011, I mean, that's, you know, Fair, fair enough, I guess I can say to that. Um, gentlemen, I do want to thank you for making the last past hour bright, cheery, um, maybe, I guess you could say. Um, uh, also, just uh, filling it with very, very good conversation. Uh, Daniel, where can we find you on the internets and uh, where do you do your work? I am on GearDiary.com. I'm DM Cohen on Twitter. Uh, and where do I do my work? I'm out in New Jersey, and uh, one of the things I love about our site is I've got we've got people all over the country. In fact, we've got uh, some people who contribute from outside the country, which is which is awesome. And, and it's been a real pleasure being here. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Pleasure's all ours. And uh, what about you, Ryan? How's your socials, and uh, what are you doing? Well, if you guys want to follow my social escapades, um, uh, you can find me on Instagram at WowRyan. That's W-O-O-W Ryan. That's two O's. Or if you want to go check out my YouTube channel, uh, it is called Fried Face. So fried chicken, but just switch the chicken with face. Yeah. You wouldn't want to put your face into the oil because uh, I hear that ends in a very, very poor outcome. But uh, do check him out because uh, he does some pretty good vlogging work. Uh, with food and tech and whatnot. And uh, as for us, well, that's it. That's it for this week. Be sure to keep the conversation going by emailing us, podcast at pocketnow.com. We really want to hear the thoughts you want to get out there and also the questions you need answered. Also, we're all on Twitter, hashtag PNWeekly. Uh, you heard uh, what they had to say, but I am also on Twitter at Point Jewels. Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and YouTube, where you can find the Pocket Now Daily every weekday with Jaime Rivera. We also have a lovely site, pocketnow.com, for all your mobile tech news needs. We'd certainly appreciate reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be streaming us. I just got a new subscriber. Thank you, guys. Oh, dang. Congrats. Instantaneous on the outro here. For the team, I'm Jules Wong, and we'll see you next week. Hey listeners, if you haven't joined Stitcher Premium yet, now's the perfect time. Stitcher Premium gets you completely ad-free episodes of hundreds of shows like Comedy Bang Bang. WTF with Mark Marin and Bitch Sesh, a Real Housewives breakdown. You also get 21,000 hours of exclusive content, new exclusive originals like Freedom with hosts Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, and Paul F. Tompkins are launching every week with Stitcher Premium members. If you love podcasts, then you are missing out. When you listen to ad-free episodes in Stitcher Premium, your favorite podcasters get paid. Help support your favorite shows and join Stitcher Premium today. For a free month of listening, go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code POCKET.